Welcome to the Missionary on the Mountain podcast, where we discuss all the pertinent social, religious, and political topics of the day. Join us weekly for scripture, news, interviews, and insight into the issues that matter to you. Broadcasting from 8,000 feet deep within the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, consistently conservative and unapologetically Christian, here is your host, the Missionary on the Mountain, Kenny Easton. Hello, America, and welcome to the mountain. I am the missionary on this particular mountain, Kenny Easton. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Let us know how your quarantine slash social distancing is going uh, in the comment section below. You can also post your prayer requests down there, or if you prefer confidentiality, you can email me at the missionary on the mountain. Oh, sorry, just missionary on the mountain at gmail.com. That is missionary on the mountain, all one word, at gmail.com. <clears throat> you can also always send me a message via Facebook, um, and I believe that's at Facebook slash missionary on the mountain. Uh, also, you can send feedback or suggestions there for the podcast, which we always appreciate. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and I'd imagine anywhere else that you can listen to a podcast. So, let's talk about today's agenda briefly. Uh, we're going to talk just a little bit about the COVID-19 virus um, that has most of the people in the United States on lockdown. Um, and specifically, we'll talk a little bit about how to avoid the next panic um, when a disaster comes around the next time. And there always will be a next one. Um, we'll tell you a little bit about what Jennifer and I are doing to keep busy and entertained while we're in our house up here in the mountains. Uh, and we will also dive into the Easton Library and suggest a few good books to read during your quarantine. Let's see, we're also going to talk just a little bit about a few new and exciting developments for the podcast. Uh, we'll read a scripture or two and we will hear some words of wisdom. But first, the story of an armed burglar at camp in today's mission update. Mission update. So those of you who um, are friends with me on Facebook or get the newsletter from the camp here, uh, you have heard this story before, but the craziest event maybe of mine and my wife's life, but certainly since our move to Colorado here, was the break-in um, and attempted robbery that we experienced after returning home from a movie in late December. So I'm just going to read you straight uh, off of what I posted on Facebook. So here is that account. This new year, I thank God that I am still alive. On Friday, December 27th, my wife Jennifer and I came home to our secluded cabin, which sits on the 36-acre camp at which I, being a missionary, serve as assistant director. It was about 7 p.m., dark and cold, with freshly fallen snow. As we drove in, we noticed a set of footprints crossing our driveway and proceeding through the open field. The footprints led to our door then around my old truck, then up to a ground floor window. That's where the prince stopped. I told Jennifer to wait in the car. I have been a concealed carry holder from the state of Indiana for many years, and I nearly always take advantage of my right to bear arms. 
On that particular night, I was carrying my Smith & Wesson SD9 9mm. I drew my firearm and entered my house through the garage, which was locked, as it should have been. The next room past the garage was the laundry room, which is where my yellow lab and my Great Pyrenees lab mix were. They were clearly agitated, um, but that room had clearly not been, uh, hadn't had anybody in it. I decided to remain silent and release the dogs into the house. They immediately bolted up the stairs, and I cautiously followed. At first glance, a few things were out of place upstairs. There was a Savage 270 hunting rifle missing from my gun case, and a kitchen knife and open apple juice container on the countertop, among other oddities. I quickly and cautiously checked each room upstairs, each of which was empty. I then crept back downstairs. At the bottom of the staircase on the left is a spare room that I use as an office and studio, where I'm currently sitting. I pushed the door open, but didn't enter the room. Instead, flicking on the light and peeking around the corner into the room, I was immediately faced with the barrel of a gun. And I had said initially I was looking down the barrel of a gun, but that implies that he was right next to me. He was actually about six to eight feet away in the corner of the room, crouching behind the bed. Um, he had a semi-automatic pistol. Behind the pistol was a male in his 20s. In an instant, I ducked my head back from the door and shouted at the top of my lungs, Drop the gun! Drop it now or you're dead! Or something close to that, most likely with a word or two that I wouldn't be proud of in hindsight. As I charged into the room, my 9mm trained on the man's chest with slight pressure on the trigger. I don't know if it was the volume and intensity of my command, my six foot five stature, the gun itself, or my confidence in wielding it, but in less than the blink of an eye, the man dropped his gun on the bed and began to frantically apologize. I continued my booming commands. Get out of my house! No! Wait! Put your hands on your head! He complied with more incessant, crazed apologies. I walked him at a safe distance, always at gunpoint, to the base, uh, basement bathroom. I told him that if he knows what's good for him, he won't leave that room. I sprinted the few strides to the open garage door, dogs by my side, and bellowed for Jennifer to call 911. I rushed back only to hear the perpetrator scurrying out the bathroom window, which, little did I know, he had broken to enter the house. I ran as fast as I could, dogs running out ahead, out of the garage door, and saw the man about 25 feet away fleeing down the driveway in the snow. I cut him off and gave him one more chance to surrender, seeing as he was unarmed and bested. Get down or you're a dead man. The man, dressed in camouflage from head to toe, fell to his knees. I ordered, as calmly as I could, but breathing heavily, put your hands on your head and get on your stomach. He put his hands on his head, and he put his face in the snow. I spent the following 20 minutes before the Uray County deputy arrived, asking the man how and why he did what he did. He was stealing guns, ammo, a tablet, audio equipment, laptops, snowshoes, and other small valuables. He claimed to be running from a drug lord in Michigan who had a hit out on him. I told him he was lucky that neither of us had died that night. I told him that there are good people here in Montrose and all across this country. I told him, at gunpoint, as he lay face down in the snow, and I shivered from the cold and adrenaline, that if he would have rung our doorbell, or rang our doorbell and asked for help, he would have spent the night in a warm bed with a full stomach and would have been given any help I could offer him in getting out of the trouble he was in. After our short and relatively pleasant conversation, given the situation, of course, Sheriff's deputy arrived. Officer Gressman searched, questioned, and arrested the man, securing him in his vehicle, 
before sweeping the house for evidence and other stolen items. We found in the other downstairs bedroom a loaded AR-15 and other firearms, some of which had been stolen from a neighbor down on Davewood Road. All of the stolen property was recovered. It appears that the perpetrator was squatting in empty hunting cabins near the Uncompagre National Forest, presumably hiding out and burglarizing nearby homes. Friends, secure your homes. Check on your neighbors and monitor your seasonal properties, but above all, be prepared and aware. So, to come full circle, I thank the Lord God, my Savior and Protector, for, for sparing my life, and potentially that of my family, my wonderful wife. I did what I could, with highest praise and thanks to our brilliant forefathers who saw fit to enshrine our God-given right to self-preservation in the Second Amendment to our Constitution, but I could not stop that man from pulling his trigger. That is on God. There's no doubt in my mind that 2020 is going to be a fantastic year for the Easton family. I'm eternally grateful and thankful for my exceptional wife, my loving and supportive family, and the ministry we have here at Mountaintop Retreat, and my beautiful home here in Montrose, Colorado. God bless Smith & Wesson, God bless America, and God bless you and yours in 2020. Now there is more to this story that has happened since I posted that account on Facebook. I reached out to the pastor who runs our local prison ministry and told him about the young man, uh, Kane ended up being his name, and asked if I could speak to him. I, I could not, um, as there's an order of restraint against him uh, for my family and for the camp. However, this pastor friend of mine has no such restrictions, so he began to minister to Kane. In the meantime, Kane's family reached out to me, and a good Christian family, uh, as far as I can tell, uh, full of problems and hardships like any other, but a good Christian family. His grandfather, I think it was his grandfather, um, but definitely his godfather, uh, he thanked me specifically for not killing my boy. I teared up. I had not recognized until that moment that God had not only stopped Cain from pulling his trigger, but had also stopped me from pulling mine. God wasn't done with this young man yet. God isn't done with me yet either. God used that moment to reaffirm my commitment to ministry. According to my pastor friend, Cain accepted Jesus as his Savior while in jail. Today, he is serving community service, or just finished it, in Uray County, and then is on his way back um, to Michigan to finish his court process, and he will serve his probation there. Um, he has family members uh, in Michigan, and uh, they're going to help him and take care of him. And hopefully uh, he stays on the straight and narrow after this incident where he could have very easily been killed. As for us, uh, we continue to pray for him, and I hope to one day speak to him if I can. Um, so praise God for taking a bad situation and using it for his glory. So what did we learn? <clears throat> um, well, we learned we needed to improve our security. Um, and so we did. What we did is we put in motion sensing cameras. Uh, these are really cheap now. You can buy, uh, I think we got our whole setup for maybe $200, and we have four or five HD motion sensing cameras with night vision, um, and they're very effective. You can check them live from your phone anytime you want to, and it will alert you when there's motion and record uh, snippets and send it to you so you know what's going on with that motion, uh, whether it's a dog or an intruder. Um, speaking of dogs, we also now leave our Great Pyrenees loose. We don't put him in any room and we leave all the doors open. Um, that way if somebody were to come in any window of our house, they can't circumvent the dogs. 
next we keep our gate locked we have a big fenced property um, but we usually keep our gate open so during this time especially during some of the pandemonium that's going uh, along with uh, COVID-19 we're shutting our gate um, we've given keys to the people that might need to get in and the people uh, most people have the information that they would need to get a hold of me if they want to get in and talk to me um, if not they can always come in on foot and ring the doorbell uh, so then also the biggest things are awareness, preparedness, and firearms training. Um, at least in my opinion, you got to be aware of your surroundings. Had we not seen footprints in the snow, um, coming into our gate and walking across our field and going around the truck and going up to the window, uh, we might've, uh, not known what the situation was or not had as good an idea. Um, preparedness know how to handle your firearm know that when you draw it and you, you, how you keep your firearm um, I personally keep it loaded but not chambered and so I have to have the muscle memory that when I draw my firearm I need to immediately chamber it just in case I need to use it um, anyway uh, it's best to keep them safe but if you're concealed carrying you, you need to have it ready so and then that's that's part of preparedness but also knowing your firearm knowing how it feels knowing where the safety is knowing all of these things if you have indicators like a pop out when you have a chamber uh, a chambered round things like that are good to know um so then finally firearms training for you and your family too um have a firearm that fits you fits your hand fits your stature fits your size doesn't have any kick that you can't handle and that you can be accurate with um get trained in that firearm get comfortable in that firearm and then carry it responsibly and store it responsibly so beyond that excitement um we are planning for camps this season however we'll see what uh the COVID-19 virus throws um into our plans could be could be a wrench so we'll find out um, the dogs are thrilled that we get to be home with them all day, every day right now. Um, they feel like it's vacation or something. Um, our 10 chickens, they're one year old now, um, but they're still laying six to 10 eggs every day. Our 10 chickens, almost an egg a day each is, is pretty amazing. Um, so we aren't experiencing the egg shortage that much of our town, and I, I guess I assume the rest of the country is experiencing. Um... Let's see, I launched a new Missionary on the Mountain website this week, complete with all the podcast episodes and a blog that Jennifer and I will be contributing to. In fact, the first blog post is already up. So uh, follow the link in the description of this podcast and check out our website. Um, our blog uh, post is about how to be prepared for the next pandemic. So if you're curious about how you could be prepared next time and not have to worry and have a little comfort for your family, go ahead and check that out. Um, in short, though, the Easton family were prepared for at least six months at home if we need to, and we've been that way for years. Uh, we grow and can our own food, we keep livestock, we harvest eggs, um, we overbuy in times of plenty, we keep our freezers and pantries full year-round, and we discussed, um, a few months ago, I think, our security, or, uh, yeah, well, well, we hunt too, as we've discussed many times in the past. So we, we have elk and deer in the freezer as well as beef and pork and things like that. Um, and that keeps our freezers full year round. And then pantries, we are constantly stocking. Um, and if you'd like to know more about that, go ahead and read that uh, blog post on the website. Um, as we discussed a few moments ago, our security, we, we upgraded substantially. Our uh, most recent blog addresses all of that um, so that you can feel confident the next time a disaster rolls around, and it will, as they always do. 
anyway, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of news. Extra, extra news from the pews. So I won't bore you um, with the same old coronavirus fear-mongering that you're hearing from everyone and everywhere and their mother. Instead, uh, each episode during this pandemic, which we're going to be a little bit more frequent, we hope, I will give you the absolute best statistics that I can find according to the most reliable sources available, followed by a few safety reminders. So here's today's update. As of Monday, uh, that's today, March 23rd, 2020 at noon, here are the worldwide statistics. This comes from www.worldometers.info slash coronavirus. Um, and that seems to be the most up-to-date. It may overshoot just slightly from the CDC numbers, but the CDC only updates their numbers once a day, I believe, at noon Eastern. So these are more current statistics than that generally. So uh, we have worldwide. Uh, this is the worldwide numbers. Infected, we have 366,946 dead 16,100 and recovered 101,065. As of Monday, March 23rd, again today, 2020 at noon, here are the statistics for the United States. And this is from the same source that I just mentioned, worldometers.info. Um, infected in the United States, 40,855. Dead, 800, or sorry, dead, 483 recovered 187. So the highest concentrations of this virus are in New York, um, specifically in the city, Washington, and California. So remember, in order to protect those that are most vulnerable, uh, the elderly and immunocompromised, and to avoid overwhelming our healthcare system, please, please heed the guidelines set forth by the CDC and President Trump's highly competent coronavirus task force. Don't congregate in large groups. I think 10 or less is what the, they said in our state, um, and maybe even lower than that now. Please don't have close contact with people. Stay six feet away. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer when you can't wash your hands. And if at all possible, stay home. Sanitize your home and stay inside of it. Most importantly, guys, stay calm. Help those around you. This too shall pass. In other less relevant news, the Democratic nomination for president has come down to Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. It looks like former Vice President Biden is going to win the nomination uh, without a contested convention, although I wouldn't call it a landslide. Once again, narrowly snatching the presidency away from the aging socialist Bernie Sanders. It appears to me, after following him closely for years, that Biden has lost a step. Um... I don't know what to call it necessarily, but he, it could just be aging, but it, all, it just seems like he's lost something. Um, it's my personal assessment that President Trump will wipe the floor with him in the debates. I've seen Biden uh, bumble and misspeak and forget or, or get angry even plenty of times. Uh, enough to know that if Hillary couldn't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Trump, Biden does not stand a chance. Of course, we will see, but... Since all the other news pales in comparison to the major topics of the day, let's jump into... Um, the Easton Library with my lovely and extremely well-read wife, Jennifer Easton. 
to the Easton Library. Jennifer, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, so we've been in quarantine for a while. What, this is at day six or something? Correct. Yeah, even though technically over the weekend we would have been here anyway, but, you know, we like to keep track of the day. So, first, why don't we talk a little bit about school? So, what happened with your school stuff? Um, what what was was declared by your school system? Um, well, our school is closed through April 17th, which is two weeks after our spring break. So we have about four weeks of missed days um, and then our spring break. And we are attempting, we're doing our best at e-learning, which is basically posting assignments through Google Classroom and kind of keeping in contact with kids that way. Excellent. And kids been pretty receptive to that? Yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, not all my students, but most of them have at least joined the class and some of them have even turned in their assignments that I posted this morning. So well, how about the teachers? You just got out of a meeting with the teachers. What are their basic responses? Um, very similar to me. Uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, this isn't as hard as I thought it would be, you know, and it's just something new that we're not used to. Um, but we were able to kind of video conference as a group with my team of teachers um, so that was kind of nice to see everybody. Great. And uh, you guys are talking through what program? Are you using Zoom? Or are you using Apple? Um, what is it called? FaceTime? We, well, we've tried two different ones today. Um, and we were kind of playing around with both of them just to see what we liked better. We tried Zoom and we also tried Google Meet. Which do you think worked better? Um, not, not sponsors in either case? A very similar... Uh, as far as like actually operating them went, uh, I seem to, I kind of preferred Zoom um, just because the connection seemed a little bit clearer. And I don't know if that was my internet or if it was just the connection in general. But one of the concerns was that all of the colleges and a lot of the businesses might be using Zoom. So their servers may not be able to hold up as well in the coming weeks. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Everybody's moved online. So um, yeah, makes good sense. So I guess then the next big question is, what are we doing to occupy our time and stay entertained at home? Um, well, that's not really difficult for us because we kind of live about 30 minutes from town and um, we're out here in the mountains by ourselves quite a bit. So we play with our dogs and pet them and give them love, which they are just thrilled about. That's We're home all the time and they're real happy about that. Um, but obviously we read a lot, which we'll get to that. Um, what else have we been doing? Uh, we've had a couple of movie marathons, or series marathons. Yeah, we watched uh, The Man in the High Castle. It was It was Jen's choice, and we watched the first season of that, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well, and now we're working on one of Kenny's all-time favorites. Oh, yeah, a movie series that I've seen quite a few times, but we'll get, we'll get to that uh, soon, too, because it's also one of the books that I will suggest. Um well, what else? We have puzzles, and we've always been board game people, mm -hmm. so that's uh, not out of our wheelhouse. We've got lots of board games, and we, we play them often. And then we do have a couple uh, gaming consoles, but Jen doesn't play a lot of video games. We'll play uh, a couple of games on the Xbox, but nothing real in-depth, so that's more my department. But a good way to occupy time, I suppose. I've also been trying to kind of get creative with dinners. Yeah, that's one thing we like to do a lot together. And, and another thing that we don't just do when we're quarantined to the house, 
we also cook together, I'd say almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know, usually it's one or the other who has planned the meal and then the other one ends up sous chefing for that person. Um, but, you know, we I'd say we're almost 50-50 on meals a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jen's working more, I cook more. When I'm working more, Jen cooks more. But, um, yeah, great thing to do as a family, too. And uh, there's a lot of skills you can learn in the kitchen. So I'd say that's a great thing. Teamwork and knife skills and hand-eye coordination and then just learning recipes. That's good things to have in your head. So, uh, yeah, so that's what we've been doing. Well, let's get to the the main question of the day. We're, we're each going to give a few reading suggestions, well, two to be exact, um, for this quarantine period. Um, and then I think moving forward uh, in each podcast that we do, which we're going to be trying to be just slightly more frequent, um, we're going to try to present another couple books each time. So if you're keeping up with uh, with Jen reading-wise, which she tends to average about a book a week, um, that way you can kind of, you know, have options and things. Um, most of these you can find on Amazon. Uh, the vast majority you can find digitally, which would be preferred right now because, you know, the delivery people have uh, bigger things to worry about and deliveries are being pushed back farther and farther. So... Without further ado, Jen, why don't we just alternate? Why don't you start? Um, So the first book that I had, because you had asked me to bring books that I recommended to read during quarantine time. Um, The first book I brought actually kind of relates to what we were just talking about with cooking. Um, And it's actually kind of a, it's called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, Mastering the Elements of Good Cooking. Um, And it's a really good tool to use um, to learn not only techniques, but to also get a couple different recipes and what makes cooking good. Um, And I chose this because, you know, in talking to a lot of friends who are in this new quarantine situation, uh, one of the kind of common most things I heard was that people wanted to learn how to cook um, and that now could be their time to do that since they had a lot of free time. Um, So this is definitely one of the books that I'd recommend. Uh, just because it gives you all the basics that you would need um, and it also kind of focuses on how you can make a good tasting meal with any ingredient that you have on hand Um, which you know when you can't get out to the stores or the stores are selling out of things that's a good I guess tool to have yeah absolutely Um, well okay on to my book I suppose Uh, my first one is a family-friendly uh, book series, and I think it'd be great if, if you wanted to read something to your kids of all ages. I think this series is one to, to, to first of all, read, and then I, after that, watch. And it's at a level that middle to younger age kids uh, that are just kind of starting reading or just halfway into their reading experience can easily pick up and read. So uh, and that is The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, the first one being The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, These are great books. These are books that my dad read to me growing up um, and that I've read multiple times since then in my teen years and in my adulthood. Uh, Great fantasy story. And I thought that it was um, the basic premise is that people, kids um, that are going through the World War in London, uh, end up being shipped off to, you know, that this professor's home. Um, out in in the remote country of England to kind of get them away from where the bombs are being dropped. Um, And it it gives them an opportunity to step into this different world 
um, and get away from the very real, very difficult situations that they're being put through as far as the world war goes. And so I figured, though our situation isn't even remotely as difficult as a world war, we are kind of quarantined and people are getting stir-crazy, and I think that it would be a good escape for us to read a great fantasy story or, or group of stories by C.S. Lewis, The Chronicles of Narnia. So, Jen, your next book um, kind of, you know, playing off of your throwback to childhood, I think that I would recommend the Harry Potter series, uh, just because it's one of my favorites and it, you know, is just takes you to this totally opposite world other than the one that we know today. Um, so it's a really great route for kind of escapism. Uh, and, you know, always just kind of, I enjoy revisiting the classics or the things that I really enjoyed when I got a lot of extra free time. Um, so that's definitely one that I would recommend. Well, I like that one, uh, that option of yours, because it's long. Um, you know, we're going to be inside for quite a long time, and that's a good thing to tackle, especially if you're one of these people um, who've wanted to read Harry Potter for a very long time. Oh, I should do it, I should do it, but you keep putting it off. This is a great time to um, to go ahead and read that. So, that brings me to my epic, uh, as far as stories go, um, and that is Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, Jennifer and I are working our way through those movies. I think we're, what, three quarters of the way done now? We have one more part. Yeah, that. one more part. There's four parts to it. Um, but it's a, a movie about a pandemic, a plague that wipes out a majority of the population of the country, presumably the world. Um, but anyway, it's a, uh, it's a mid-90s movie. So I'll just let that statement speak for itself. Um, but the big stars in it, Rob Lowe, Gary Sinise, um, Molly, Molly Ringwald. Ringwald, yeah, and a few a few other big stars. And it's funny because some of the villains in the in the movie, you don't know their name necessarily, but you've seen them in dozens of other movies since then. So it was kind of a springboard, I guess, for, for a number of actors. Um, anyway, but it, it's, I think, a, a really good movie. Um, and the book is phenomenal. However, disclaimer, it is not a kid's book or movie. Um, I would not suggest having your children in the room or letting them read it uh, when you're reading it. So, Jen, do you have any more you want to offer as far as books go, or should we just leave it till next episode? I think that we'll just let them hang on the edge of their seats for next week. I think that sounds great. Okay, well, thank you, Jennifer. And... Uh, Let's see, our plan moving forward will be just cover a couple books, a person a week. So we will see you next week, Jen. Thank you for being here. Thanks. Well, why don't we uh, get right into the scripture? Scripture of the Week. Our first scripture this week is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And our final scripture of the week, Numbers 6, 24-6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let's close out today with our words of wisdom. Words 
Words of Wisdom. So our first word of wisdom is from Scott Curran. When you encounter various trials, big or small, be full of joy. They're opportunities to learn patience. Our next quote is from John Ruskin. Endurance is nobler than strength, and patience than beauty. And then finally, from Mark Reclau. The top two habits that will decide between success and failure, between real change and staying in the same place, are patience and perseverance. So, today's prayer request. First, please pray for and consider supporting our family, our mission, or this podcast. All the links for that are in the description of this podcast, or you can go to www.infaith.org slash Kenny-Jennifer-Easton. Uh, you can support us directly there through our mission. Also, pray for our country and our world as we fight this virus together. Pray for all the teachers, students, and workers who are now adapting to a new way of life, as we heard from Jen. And then finally, pray for our leaders as they navigate us through this difficult time. In closing, uh, next week, um, well, next episode, tune in for more news. Uh, We'll give you another coronavirus update, some scripture, some words of wisdom, and another deep dive into our Easton Library. Please share, comment, like, and subscribe. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Keep praying for us as we continue to pray for you. God bless you. God bless America. God bless all of you who are working hard to keep us safe and alive. God bless the doctors, nurses, interns, techs, veterinarians, EMTs, and therapists. God bless the firefighters, the police, the truck drivers, the food service workers, and the delivery people. God bless all of you who are in the front lines of defense against all forms of attack on our great country, seen and, in this case, especially unseen. God bless all of us around this beautiful globe as we work together to defeat this virus. We will be back with you, and, as always, have a safe trip down the mountain. The Missionary on the Mountain podcast is not affiliated with or supported by In Faith or any other mission or organization. We are not funded by nor beholden to anyone but our listeners. All words and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them. Find us on YouTube, social media, and your favorite podcast listening platform. Join us next week, and thanks for tuning in to the Missionary on the Mountain podcast.